You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. Here's your host, Dr. Stephen Edelman, founder and director of Taking Control of Your Diabetes, clinical professor of medicine, Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism, University of California, San Diego, and San Diego Veterans Administration Healthcare System. Do stem cells carry the hope of curing diabetes? Joining us to discuss the benefits of stem cell therapy research is Chief Scientific Officer of Viasite Incorporated in San Diego, California, Dr. Edward Becci. Dr. Becci, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you very much, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, this is an exciting topic. As you know, I've had type 1 diabetes since I was 15, and I'm waiting for something to come along. How are researchers searching for ways to replace the insulin-producing cells of the pancreas? Well, there are a number of ways that are being explored, and people are having um, success in in all of them, in, in fact. The first I would mention is uh, to stimulate endogenous replication of existing beta cells. So if there are beta cells remaining in the pancreas, uh, one idea is that those beta cells can be made to divide again. And if we can find agents that would stimulate their ability or cause those beta cells to go into a replicative mode, um, and produce new beta cells, that is one mechanism. You still have those circulating autoantibodies that cause diabetes in the first place. How are those replicated cells protected? They aren't necessarily protected, and therefore you would still have to come back with some form of immunomodulation to go along with that for a type 1 diabetic. In a type 2 diabetic who has lost a majority of their beta cells and is now on insulin, you would not need this. I see. That's interesting because I always thought stem cell therapy was really for type 1s, but as you mentioned, you know, people with type 2 lose their secretory function, and this could be a viable therapy for them as well. Exactly. Another approach um, has been um, acinar cell or liver cell reprogramming, as they call it. And in this case, what is uh, done is genes are transferred directly into, say, an acinar cell, which is the cell in your pancreas that makes the digestive enzymes. And that acinar cell um, can, at a certain efficiency, be converted into a beta cell or a beta-like cell. Mm. Um, and this was recently done and published uh, by Zhou Zhao and uh, Doug Melton's group uh, a couple of years ago and made quite a sensation. Uh, before that, there had been quite a bit of work on liver cells and, and converting liver cells into insulin-producing cells by delivering genes again. In this case, the specific gene that was delivered was a gene called PDX, a transcription factor that's essential for both the, the initial birth of pancreatic epithelium, as well as the uh, function of uh, beta cells themselves. And these cells from the liver, they're not recognized by the circulating antibodies, so they're sort of uh, immune to be attack? Well, that's a possibility that if they did not uh, express exactly the same antigens um, that are being recognized by um, the immune system or by circulating immune cells, they might have a better chance of surviving. But uh, we know that one of the autoantigens is insulin, 
And if you're making an insulin-producing cell, you might also provoke an immune response there. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, Viacite and what kind of strategies you guys are doing in terms of stem cell therapy. Yes, so we're taking the third approach, which is actually a cell replacement. Um, And traditionally, this has been done by taking cadaver uh, human islets from pancreases and isolating them and infusing them back in uh, to the liver through the portal vein. But what we're trying to do is produce an unlimited source, one that is comes from a single embryonic stem cell or induced pluripotent stem cell. And in this way, we would have an unlimited source of human islets. The way we've gone about doing this over the last nine years is to work out a step-by-step protocol that recapitulates what happens in normal human pancreas development. And in this way, we've actually taken a pluripotent stem cell and moved it um, first to what's called endoderm, which is the lineage that would give rise to the pancreas, also the liver, the stomach, and the intestine, and then from there go into the foregut uh, region of the uh, endoderm lineage, which is the area of the gut tube that the pancreas is formed from, and then to the mid-foregut junction and on into the pancreatic epithelium where the endoderm is now committed only to making pancreas. So through this four-step procedure, uh, we've been able to make what is called we call pro-islet, which is a precursor to pancreatic islets. It's a precursor um, almost like a stem cell itself, but committed to making pancreatic islets. When we take those cells and transplant them into an animal, they convert over 4 to 12 weeks into fully functioning human islet cells. That secrete sufficient amounts of insulin? Yes, to cure... Uh, diabetic animals. We've done this both in mice and rats to date. Well, Ed, I hate rats and mice, so what about humans? Uh, (laughs) What are the plans to help us humans out? I know know you have to go in that order. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, The first step was to make an unlimited source of human islets, and to our knowledge, no one else in the world has this source. Viacite is the first company in the world to really, or group of people really, to figure out an efficient process for doing this. So in that, in that regard, it's a fairly uh, significant milestone. The next step in the process is to figure out how would we deliver these cells into patients without the immune system, such as uh, the autoimmune system as well as the alloimmune system, uh, so that that immune system would not reject the cells. And that um, requires um, a form of protection, which we call encapsulation, and it's been around for quite some time. But what we did was start to explore an old technology that was developed by a company called Therocyte, and we could place ourselves into these teabag-like structures and, and transplant them subcutaneously in animals. And we found that the cells would um, complete their differentiation, form fully functional islets, and cure uh, diabetes again in these animals. So now we have the first combination of an encapsulated um, progenitor cell that's human-based and that's unlimited. 
And so the, the process going forward is, is going to involve scaling the cells and producing the devices under GMP, combining the scaled uh, GMP-produced cells with the devices um, for first preclinical toxicology and efficacy and safety studies, and then finally clinical trials. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Stephen Edelman. I'm speaking with Dr. Edward Beche. We are discussing the benefits of stem cell therapy research for both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Now, Ed, you know, I've heard so many people say that, yeah, we've cured more mice than we can even count, but all of the mice studies for preventing diabetes or treating diabetes have never really translated into humans. What would your answer be with this type of therapy? One of the differences between what we have and what has been done in the past is um, no one has produced, can produce on demand human islet cells and unlimited source of human islet cells. So we, for the first time, have an ability to work out all of the specific hurdles that are going to um, be problematic and never run out of cells to work with. So we can marry the cells with the devices and do extensive studies both from a dosing point of view um, and also from a safety point of view to really um, test the robustness of this system before we ever go into man. And, you know, one of the, the real keys to this technology is will the teabag-like devices that we're now developing independently um, with um, major improvements in terms of their ability to be loaded without contaminating the outside mm -hmm. and their ability also to be retrieved and their ability to um, confer a safety profile that the FDA considers to be, in their opinion, um, a very safe way to go into man with a stem cell-generated islet um, replacement therapy. So the key for us is, because we have an unlimited source of islets, to be able to do the studies as um, robustly and efficiently as we can to answer all the questions that normally cause these therapies to fail in man before we get to man. And so uh, because of the fact that we have this unlimited source and we can scale it up to billion cell levels, um, and we anticipate uh, needing about 100 to 300 million cells uh, per person. We will have uh, plenty of cells to do our experiments with, to do all of our safety and toxicology testing. And on top of that, we've also um, worked out ways in which to cryopreserve the cells so we can make large batches of these cells, uh, freeze them away, thaw them again um, on demand, um, and use them uh, directly um, in uh, encapsulated uh, studies, both in animals and in man. How would you put them in a human? The device is about the size of a Band-Aid, a few inches long by an inch or so wide. Currently, we estimate that we would deliver in the neighborhood of 100 to 300 million cells based on very limited comparative studies to human islets, and we're doing an extensive uh, set of these now, and we'll continue to do that for the next year. Um, to really work out what doses we would deliver. 
But these devices would not be placed into the portal vein. They would be placed subcutaneously, just under the skin, with um, um, basically an outpatient-type surgery. Well, Ed, thank you so much. That's really exciting. I want to get on the wait list for sure. I'd like to thank our guest, Chief Scientific Officer of Viasite Incorporated in San Diego, California, Dr. Edward Betchy. Dr. Betchy, thank you so much for spending time with us on Diabetes Discourse. Thank you, Steve. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to tell you about what we're working on, and we look forward to, in a few years, talking with you again and telling you where we've gotten to. Thank you for listening to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. To learn more about diabetes and the role of GLP-1, visit novomedlink.com forward slash DIA. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, visit us at reachmd.com. July 10th. My lecture tour is going well. While the days have not been too tiring, I do worry for Marie and her diabetes. Dr. Hayedorn mentioned that her blood sugar was above normal right before we left. I hope we can find some answers while we are here. In 1922, Novo Nordisk's founder, Nobel Prize-winning scientist August Crow, and his wife and fellow scientist Marie made a fateful visit to America to further their research and build relationships with doctors working on the earliest treatments for diabetes. July 28th. We keep hearing of this new medication that replaces the insulin that people with diabetes no longer make on their own. People who treat their diabetes can live longer and healthier lives. This could be what we've been searching for. Upon learning about the work being done at the University of Toronto, August and Marie headed north to make a connection that would change the face of diabetes treatment forever. August 11th, Dr. Hayedorn, as I believe you will be interested from both a theoretical and practical point of view, I have persuaded my husband to write to Dr. McLeod in Toronto and ask to obtain its method of manufacture so you can perform experiments with insulin in Denmark. November the 1st, Success. We have replicated the process here in Kirmhaun and will be administering the first batches of insulin to patients by week's end. This could be the moment when we finally get control over Marie's diabetes and help so many others. From our first patient to our latest innovation, Novo Nordisk has been a world leader in diabetes care for nearly a century. Our patient-centric philosophy has led to many breakthroughs, including insulin analogs and easy-to-use delivery devices and a global commitment to advancing research, education, and partnership. And our mission is the same today as it was back then, to defeat diabetes. Visit us at novonordisk-us.com.